What a powerful subject we have been talking about and <clears throat> dealing with. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and the importance of our prayer life. Amen. And Jesus tell us, thank you, sir. He tell us that men should all, to always pray and not to faint. And it is very important that we build a habit of prayer all the time. No matter what's happening in our lives, no matter what comes against us, we want to make sure that we uh, are talking to God. That royal telephone. Amen. You know, we get in the habit of texting and checking our emails and everything else. Let's get in the habit of prayer. Amen. It's, it's so important, I believe, that we do pray. Watch and pray, Jesus tell us. Amen. Now, we've gone through our tabernacle in the wilderness paper, so, you know, make sure you, you know, in your spare time, go through it, you know, look at it, enjoy it. Amen. We've talked this month about why we should pray. Amen. We've talked about how to pray. We've talked about where to pray. And today we want to look at some hindrance to prayer. Hindrance to prayer. Number five on your paper there. Amen. Peter writing to the church tell us in 1 Peter 3, 7, Likewise, ye husband, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. One of the things you find as you you get into prayer, you get into life, you know, is the relationship. You know, Peter is talking here from a a husband and wife, a marriage relationship. We want to, you know, our relationship should be solid, you know, and because we build our relationships based on the Word of God, you know. And so we need to make sure that we have an understanding of each other. You know, the world today we're living in is trying to devalue the family, is trying to break the family apart as much as it can. That's Satan's goal. That was his goal from the creation. He understands if he can divide the family then he knows it's going to be hard for people to, in some cases, to serve God. And so we want to dwell together in, in knowledge and understanding. There's the different roles that each member play in the family. The wife plays a certain role. The husband plays a certain role. And then there's a role that they both play together. And so we have to have that knowledge and understanding of that. And that's why I always say that the book of Proverbs is so valuable in importance to the family and to us as people because it gives us the knowledge and the wisdom and understanding of things that we should do. Amen. And so we want to have that knowledge and understanding. The thing also with our prayers is our attitudes. We have to adjust our attitude constantly uh, to some things that we may not be aware of. That's why when we read the Word of God, is designed to open and show us where we actually are. As I was saying Wednesday night, it's important that when you look at the Word of God, it's going to reveal to you. It's going to show you exactly who you are. And that's why James says it's like you're looking in a mirror. You're going to see what you look like and where you are when you look into the Word of God. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. You know, if I got on the train, came into the church yesterday... 
it's going to show me where I'm at when I get on the train. You know, and so I have to make the adjustments so that I am doing what God is asking of me to do. See, I don't want my prayers to be hindered. I don't want anything to stop me from being able to communicate. Uh, you know, it's kind of like being a child. You know, I don't see too many parents withholding things from their children. If that child is disciplined. That child is well-pleasing. You know, because the child usually starts learning what is really required and what is really needed. And so, and as a result of that, the parents are usually pretty given. You know? Or if the parents realize that the child doesn't need what the child is asking for at that very moment, then in a loving kindness relationship, it is explained so that the family relationship stays solid together. See? And so that's why we don't want anything to hinder our prayers when we're talking to God. Amen. We want Him to get through. Now, one of the things you, 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 you'll hear me say this over and over again is God is not on our timeline. See? And, and I know sometimes we want the answer right now. You know? But what is God trying to teach us? What is He trying to show us? Is He trying to help us to build our faith? Is He trying to help us to learn to wait upon Him? And let him work. As the song says, he's working even when we can't see it. See, faith is not being able to see things, you know, right with the naked eye right now. See, we have to learn how to trust God and to wait upon God. As Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and shall walk and not faint. So we don't want to get ahead of God. We've got to learn how to trust. I take my needs to the Lord, and then I back out of the way. Say, if I bring you my need, and I says, Brother Jesse, you know, I need you to empty the garbage can at the end of service. You know, and then I go empty the garbage can. What did I need him for? See how it works? See, so when I take my need to God, I have to just back out of the way and let Him work. I stay as faithful as I can to doing the things that I can and know to do, to keep worshiping Him, keep doing what is right, and let Him work on His time. Because He's going to make all things beautiful in His times, Ecclesiastes 3 tell us. So, but if I take matters into my hand and I try to fix the problem, I'm probably going to mess it up. See? So I need to let him work. Let him work. Let him have his perfect liberty. You know, to see what God will do. Now, that's why we should pray, thy will be done. Because I promise you, I don't know how God is going to save my daughter. I don't have a clue. But I just put her on the altar and say, you know. You know, I don't know if she's going to have to go through things in her life that, that for him to bring her to where I would like to see her. Or what? I don't, I don't have a clue. But I just keep worshiping him. I just keep magnifying him. I just keep doing the things that I know to do is right. Amen. So that my prayer is not hindered.
say, I can get angry and say, oh God, you're taking too long. And what's that good? What is that? Then my attitude ain't right. See? So when I pray, I just say, God, I thank you for saving my daughter. I thank you that you will open her eyes and she will be able to see, you know, the truth of the matter. And as she would come, that God, you would place someone in her pathway with love and compassion and to be able to share with her your love, your truth, to, to bring her to the understanding. You know, I, I, I don't understand how it's going to happen, you know, but I just trust him and I just believe him that he will. I've got, as the Bible says, I've got exceeding precious promises from God. Say, so I have to let him work. You know, I, I, I know of people that in their older age, I don't know, you know, that start coming back to church. You know, because of what God is doing. You know, I, I talk to my family, you know, I'm the youngest in the family, you know. And, and you know, yeah, I know they're out there. <laughs> but I'm starting to see now. I'm starting to get in some inboxes and some some emails and some some texts and stuff says I hear you uncle you know yeah I, I I see where you're coming from God is starting to open their eyes say because as soon as I got saved the first thing I started doing is praying for because I knew where we all were I was part of them I'm family you know and so I don't want anything to hinder my prayer and so I have to keep the right attitude. I have to I have to adjust my mind and my thinking so that I let God work. See, I don't want anything to hold it up. That's why Second Chronicles seven fourteen, the Lord says, "If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will what? Hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal the land. Say, we don't want anything to hinder us. Amen. John says in First John chapter 1, verse 9, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. John says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Say, we need to start confessing some things. It, 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 like I said at the onset, you know, when we open the Word of God and we see we're not there, or we see an error that is wrong, we need to confess it and ask God to forgive us of it. You know, there's a lot of things that I come across and I say, well, if I'd have known, you know, after I came into church, man, there's a whole lot of things that I went, oh, my goodness, I wish I had known, you know. It's kind of like when, you know, they found the, the scroll in the temple and they came to Josiah and began to read it to him and tell him all the things that, that God had said. And he went, oh, my, you know. We have sinned against God, you know, and so he started tearing down some things. And so that story is for us, so that we have the scroll now. (laughs) 
And so we need to start tearing down some things. We need to start removing some high places and get some things out of the way. You know, maybe we've had a life of pride. Now we need to humble ourselves, come down to men of low estate, you know, and, and allow God to work through us. Amen. So we need to examine ourselves. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know you not how Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. But I trust that you know that you're not a reprobate. See, you're good. He makes all things beautiful in his time. You're good. God is good. That makes you good. Amen. So you have to realize that. Amen. So we want our relationships to always be harmonious, not harmonious, harmonious. There you go, harmonious. Amen. Even with one another, you guys get along good. That sometimes I love messing with these guys. But you know, what about other people? Do you get along? How do you get along with people? You know, as people get under your crawl, as we say down south, you know, we, <laughs> we, we should have a good relationship with each other. We're in the family. We're all in the family. And I, you know, and I keep trying to figure out this thing. <laughs> you know, why am I going to talk about you and you're my brother and sister? <laughs> you know? We should have solid relationships with one another because we're building on the same foundation of Jesus Christ. Even in our homes, our relationships should be good, should be solid, should be loving. Because why? We have the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. There's a lot of things that did not come with the Spirit. The Spirit did not bring disunity. The Spirit did not bring, bring disobedience. The Spirit did not bring rebellion. The Spirit did not bring stubbornness. It did not bring unholiness. It did not bring unrighteousness. It brought the opposite. See? So we, we have to realize this. See? Because if I'm doing all the wrong things, then guess what? It's going to hinder my prayer. <laughs> you know? God is not going to reward wrong. That's why he constantly, through the prophets, is saying, they have not obeyed my voice. He's not going to reward wrong. See? So we have to keep our right attitudes and our right ways, because we, he's given us the right ways and the right attitude to develop so that we can talk to him all the time so that he will hear us. Amen. Notice, amen, go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 41 through 46 here. A little bit here. Well, let's look a little bit at, at what Moses, and, you, and remember, I always tell you the book of Deuteronomy is always the book of remembrance, right? So you always want to remember that. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> okay. You always remember here. All right. Let's uh Deuteronomy chapter one. What did I say? Forty forty one. Amen. Then ye answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up 
and fight according to all that the Lord our God commanded us. And when you had gird on every man his weapon of war, you were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest you be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and I would not, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandments of the Lord, and was presumptuously up, and went, went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites which dwell in that mountain came out against you, and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even to Hormah. And you return and wealth because the Lord before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. So you abode in Kadesh many days according to the day that you abode there. So what he's recalling here is when the children came to the promised land, they rebelled against God. Say, and they wanted to go back after the spies came out. Say, and then when God got angry with them because they was disobedient, then he told Moses, get out of the way. Let me swipe them all out. You know? And then when Moses told them what God said, then they wanted to go up. And he says, oh, it's too late now. Don't go up in that mountain because God is not with you. God is not there with you. And they were saying, oh, we'll go up, we'll go up, we'll go up. He says, no, don't go up. God is not with you. See? And so he's reiterating the story here of what transpired because of their disobedience. See, disobedience will hinder us. See? If we keep, what does Proverbs 29, 1 says? He that being often reproved, hard in his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. If you've got the constantly keep being corrected, finally God is going to say, I'm out of the way. You don't want to listen? You don't want to do what I tell you? It's the same way with, with kids and, and, and life. If I keep telling my child over and over and over and over again, and they don't listen, if they wind up behind bars, guess what? It's not my fault. Disobedience has consequences. And we have to realize that. We want our eyes to be open to understand so that we do what is right. Amen. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all will come to repentance. That's why he's so loving. You look at Israel, how much God really loved them, all the things he went through for them. If anybody should have knew to obey, should have been them from what they saw, how he brought them out after 400 plus years of being in bondage and slavery, and how he delivered them. Amen. And their shoes didn't wear out. They, they, think about it. I tell you, I've been in that desert. <laughs> it is hot. You know, but yet you don't see anything about them burning up. <laughs> you know, it, it is, they had clouds over their head for a day. They had, it gets cold at night in the desert. 
you know, they had the pillars of fire to keep them warm. God gave them water. God gave them manna. God gave them quail. God fought their enemies. He did everything for them. If you can't see the goodness there, if you can't see the blessings out of that, you deserve to be waxed. <laughs> You know, it, 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 you know, if 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 you're constantly providing for your child, if they can't see the goodness in that, man, that's terrible. You don't want your prayers to be hindered. Amen. James goes on here in James chapter four, verse one through three. James four, one through three. Whoa, time has slipped right by me, and I'm not even halfway. They have to extend the Sunday school lesson to Christmas or something. (laughs) James 4, from whence come war and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Amen. Selfish reasons will hinder your prayer. Selfish reasons will hinder your prayers. See, we want to be selfless servants, not selfish. You don't want to keep putting it on you for the wrong reasons. You know, so... Have that understanding. Unforgiveness and unforgiving spirit. You know, in Matthew 5, 22, Jesus says, If you come to the altar, present your gifts, and there remember that you have ought against your brother, your brother have ought against you. He says, leave your gift and go be reconciled first, and then come and present your gifts. Okay? So, notice, we need to have forgiveness. He's a God of forgiveness. I know it's tough, you know, and, and usually, you know, when people say, they did me wrong. They said that to me. They did this. Isn't it amazing how God put the responsibility on the person that just think they're right? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but that's what he does. He does. If, if we think we're right, he says, okay, you go correct it. You go to the other person. You know, we need to have forgiveness. Because he says, if we don't forgive others, neither will our Father in heaven forgive us. And as long as I have unforgiveness in my heart, according to what I read, he's not going to answer my prayers. It's going to hinder me. See, so I want to make sure that I have a clean heart. A broken and contrite spirit, oh God, you will not despise. See, so I don't want anything to hinder my prayer. Amen. And and we see that an unforgiving heart will hinder our prayers. Other is unbelief. Unbelief. Hebrews eleven six says that they that come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. We've got to believe. We, we that's what happened to Israel. They didn't believe. Say. And that's why the writer of Hebrews goes on and says, we need to be careful that that same spirit of unbelief doesn't get in us. Say, if I don't believe God is going to do it, you know, it ain't going to happen. 
Because Jesus says all things is possible to him that can believe. See? So we got to get into that habit of believing and trusting God. We walk by faith because he's the God of faith. Amen. God, your will be done. God, I know you're going to come through from me. I remember in, in Okinawa, we had this sister, and I may have told you this story if I have, just regarding for those that hasn't heard it. Amen. And we had this sister, and her husband wasn't saved. You know, but every testimony service, she would stand up and she would say, and I know and you know that God is going to save my husband. I mean, constantly, you know. And sometimes you could sit there and you could be bored because every service she did it. She said the same thing. Yeah, I know and you know that God is going to save my husband. You know? And that's what she did. And she sat down. You know? Guess what? God saved her husband. Amen. It, 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 you know, because she kept building herself up on our most holy faith. She held to that belief in herself that God will come through for her. And they're still serving God today. You know, their kids are grown and now, and, but husband and wife, they're still serving God. They're still solid. Amen. Just don't stop believing. All things are possible to him that believes. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Amen. I don't know how he's going to do all this stuff, but he said he would, and I believe it. Amen. If not, I'll understand it better by and by when I get to the other side. Amen. Praise God. So we don't want to have anything to hinder our beliefs. Amen. In God. So some, let's hit real quick here some conditions for um, our prayers to be answered. Amen. And we already said First Chronicles 7.14, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves. We need to have constantly sincere hearts. Amen. We need to be sincere about serving God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Nothing, as Paul says, should be able to separate you from the love of God. As my pastor used to always tell me, he used to always say, Brother Rufus, every service, you know, he would stand up and he'd hold his Bible up and he'd shake it at me and he says, you got to love this more than anything else in the whole wide world. And then he would say, if anything comes between you and God, it's closer to God than you. Whoa. I mean, he used to pound it at me because I always sat in the front seat of the church, you know. So I'm always the closest, <laughs> you know. But it was good for me because I was a new convert. I needed to hear that kind of stuff, you know. That's where when I got saved, that's the first place I went, right to the front of the church. I want to be right on the road, front row. I don't want no more. I don't want anything distracting me. I want to be able to hear, Amen. What was being said, and I, no matter, you know, I know they say you shouldn't sit in the same seat and all whatever, but I did, <laughs> you know, because I want to be as close to what was being said, so I've had full understanding, Amen. And so as a result of that, Amen. I think it helped me. I think it really helped me as a new convert to be able to hear the solidness of the things that was important to growth in the church. You know, when they says they needed something, I was there. When they says, you know, we're having this, 
If I didn't have to work, I was there. There was many nights I, I got off work late and I went straight to church in my uniform. You know, because I just fell in love. I, the pastor was saying I had to love this more than anything else. So I, if I was going to be late, I contacted him and said, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late, but I'm coming. You know, I'll be there if I only get a few words. I'm going to get something. You know, if nothing else, but at the end I get some fellowship. If I get to hug somebody's neck or shake somebody's hands or meet somebody new. Amen. I had to be there. I didn't want anything to hinder me in my growth process. Man, this was better than light bread and bubble gum. That's the southern thing. You know, yeah, the white bread and bubble gum, you know. See, you have to be from the south to understand that. You know, it was good. I mean... It was like, wow. I mean, the, the, the rub shoulders with what I felt was giants, like Brother Clyde, uh, uh, Brother Haney, and Brother McFarlane, and a lot of the missionaries that came. Because, you know, we, our, the church I, I came in was one of Hitler's officers clubs in Germany. and was a Bible school. So everybody that was going to Europe or to the Middle East, you know, they would always come and they stop in G- Germany and they would stay at the Bible school. And so, and it also gave us an opportunity to have some of them at our house and prepare meals for them and just sit down and listen to them talk. You know, a lot of times we don't realize the value of church, you know, is, is the fellowship and the, and the just talking with one another and, and when people come through is, you know, like ministers and stuff to be able to, just get to know them a little. You hear some of the wisdom and knowledge that flows and some of the things they've gone through. It helps us to grow and become solid saints of God. You know? How many of you sit down and talk with this lady right here on the front row? I'm going to pick on her just a little bit. Yeah. But you know, she's, they left Iowa and came here and started a church. You know? And now you know what the organization is coming up with? It's called Launch, a program to try to give people wisdom and knowledge of how to start churches. You know, you don't know what God is going to do in your life. So you could sit down and talk to her sometimes and say, tell us about what, how did God lead you here? What did you hear from God that brought you here? You know, just to get that wisdom and knowledge of what what did God do? Did you pray? What did you do when you got your calling? You know, the prayers, all these kind of things. You know, I get people to ask me a lot of times, all the times. You know, how was it? What where were you when God called you? You know, to just they want to know. See. You, you ask those kind of questions, what is it going to do? It's going to increase your faith. It's going to build you up. You know? So, wow. So let's, let's have that prayer life. Amen. That God will open our hearts and our understanding. We have to have wholeheartedness in order for God to answer our prayers. Look at Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. For me, pastors, the scriptures, you guys always quote this, right? 
For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you what? Expect it in. God wants you to be successful. He wants you to have everything that he has promised you. He already got the plan in place. That's why you want to do right so you don't hinder the plan, the process. That's why he told Joshua, don't ever let the word depart out of your mouth so you will prosper and have good success. He's got your plan. I don't know what all God has got planned for me. Only thing I read, I know I'm supposed to go to heaven if I stay on the right choice. But what is he going to do with my life while I'm still on the journey? What legacy will we leave? What are they going to say about you when you check out? You know, they get about 15 seconds to talk about your life. What are they going to say? You know? What would you want them to say? See, so, so hard. He says, I know the plans I have towards you. To give you an expected end. Whatever you want, he wants you to have it. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be a light in darkness. He don't want you to be discouraged. Amen. He wants you. Verse 12. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me. Notice what he said. Now listen. I'll hearken to you. And you shall seek me. And find me, will you search for me with all your heart? We have to be wholehearted. One mind. And Paul says, let this mind be in you. Look at Philippians chapter 2. He says, there, son, verse 1. He says, therefore, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. <laughs> he says, therefore, if there be any consolation in Christ. If there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, if there be any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that you be what? Like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Where was that started at? The Pentecost, right? They were all in one mind and one accord and suddenly they came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, right? So you want to be in the same love, being in one accord, and in the same mind. That's Sister Caitlin. You're in one mind? <laughs> You're in one accord. Amen. Reach over and hug your husband. <laughs> Say, you're in one accord. <laughs> Let nothing be through strife of vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. In other words, humbleness. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Elevate others. Learn how to edify and build up other people better than yourself. Not selfishness. Remember, if we have selfishness, He ain't going to answer our prayers. See, I've got to have that spirit of compassion. I want to elevate others. I want to encourage and build up others. Let not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashions of men, of the man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let the same mind be in us. Be wholehearted. Be committed. Be sincere. Amen. Be complete in Him. Be perfect. Man, one mind stayed on Him. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Amen. We've got to have faith if we're going to have our prayers answered. Amen. As James says, double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We don't want to. To not believe God. Remember that song, I believe God. I believe God that he will do just as he says. Trust and obey. Believe him and say, I believe. I believe God. Amen. If God said it, he will come through. Fear will hinder your prayers. Fear. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, God has not given you the spirit of fear. He's given you power. He's given you love. And there it is again, a solid, sound mind. Let not your heart be what? Troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says. Amen. So, so God did not give you the spirit of fear. So don't fear, see, because if we fear, then it's going to affect our faith. And without faith, we cannot please God. And it will hinder our prayer, see. In, in, in Isaiah 41.10, the Lord says, Fear thy not, I am with you. Be not dismay, I am your God. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of what? My righteousness. Verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold your right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not. I will help you. Now that's a promise. Are you going to hold him to it? Amen. He says, Don't fear. No matter what you're going through, no matter what reports you get, God says, don't you fear. See? Fear is just false evidence appearing real. Amen. Don't fear. Fret not. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See? Don't let fear come in. Usually when we get bad news, or usually, you know, if, if something... We feel something and it doesn't seem right. First thing we do is we fear. See? We get 
blood work done or whatever, you know, we get an x-ray done, the first thing goes in our mind, we start thinking wrong. We start fearing. We start thinking, what's going to be the report card? You know, it's kind of like in school, you know. You remember you used to always take a test and, you know, you think you did good and, you know, but your mind is going right. How well did I do? How did I do? How did I? Oh, what if I fail? Oh, what if I fall? You know, because that's the way the enemy does. See, he wants to put you in anxiety. He wants you to, to be fearful. See, but you got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Keep on the whole armor of God. Amen. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Is when you get those evil reports, the negative report, you just need to sneak off into your closet and begin to lift up your hands and begin to just speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Let the Spirit have its way. Amen. Just let's worship God. You know, God, you made me. God's your word says, amen, no matter what comes my way, no matter what happens, amen, I am still blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to fear. What can man do to me? It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations come past me about, the psalmist said, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They come past me about, yea, they come past me about like bees, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They come past me about, but they are quenched as the fire of thorns, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They cast sore at me that I might fall. But the Lord help me. Amen. He'll come through. He'll do it again. Amen. So just stay the course. Amen. Just keep praying. Just trust God. Don't give up. Amen. Just continue to walk in humility and spirit of mind. Amen. And He'll come through. Just keep worshiping. Amen. Just keep worshiping. Amen. Give the devil a black eye every time you keep worshiping God when you're going through things in your life. And you'll see what a difference it'll make. Amen. So we pray that our prayers will continue to bless us. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Let's take a